BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Content Morning will be discussing pregnancy, trauma, sexual abuse, and racial trauma. Someplace underneath. But whenever I some some point in my adulthood, like heat vents, like the dust inside of them started to really fuck with me. Yeah. Well, when you're a child, you know, all bets are off. You can just like be thrown into a poisonous river and you'll get right out. I feel like there was a time I stayed in this one room that had a, an air conditioner in it that wasn't working, but had been sitting there basically rotting mm. in the window for years. And finally, my brother came and took it out and the blackest of black stuff inside of it came out. And I was like, oh, and I lost my voice that year. Like the only time in my life I've ever not been able to speak. And I'm pretty sure it did something to my throat. Yeah, my that's lungs. in your lungs. Yeah. That's the creepy crawlers. I also used to hang out in abandoned mental institutions filled with asbestos. Fuck yeah, you did, Natalie. So there's that. That's cool. Of course you did. I hung out at church. <laughs> that's also just as fun and creepy, I think. <laughs> Welcome to the place underneath. I'm Natalie Jean. I'm Amber Nelson. I heard that mushrooms can grow inside your lungs. I think that's cool because I don't know if you've watched the mushroom documentary. Mushrooms are terrifying. Yeah. And really cool. Yeah. I don't even mean the psychedelic kind. I just mean in general. Just the regular, the portobellos. Yeah, <laughs> all of them. They're, I, I'm, I'm a little worried I'm going to learn too much about how they can feel. And I eat a lot of mushrooms and I'm not probably going to ever stop. So No, Natalie, don't kill me, Natalie. Oh, God, I hope not. They have families, though, and they talk to each other like through an internet on the Here's underground. my little baby portobello mushroom. Oh, I'll name her Sammy. Oh, no. Yeah, and they're looking no. at, you know what they're looking at? What? They're looking at cock porn. On their their internet. They have like a wired internet in between all of them. Of course, it's going to be turned into porn eventually. I bet. Mushroom porn. Well, I just also wanted to say at the top, a quick and throw, fuck you to whoever refused to find Danny Masterson guilty on the jury that came out today. It has been declared a mistrial. I hope you personally get diarrhea for the rest of your natural life. I hope you get to stay in a room full of mushroom poison. Yeah. I also want to say at the top of the show that Danny Masterson, 
the curly-haired chode who played a teenager on that 70s show, is a violent serial rapist who is being sheltered by a church who uses your tax dollars to terrorize his victims, including killing one of their dogs. Whoa. Danny Masterson is a rapist and is in part protected by Tom Cruise. Please go ahead and sue me, Danny. I'd love to get attention on this case. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Yeah, burn it to the ground. Burn it all down. I'm so I'm so mad. I, I really think there had to have been a Scientology mole on yeah. that jury. I mean, they're I really, everywhere. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I'm mad. I wish that they would have been able to do the trial and like, you know, like Alabama or something like somewhere where there's no Scientology centers. <laughs> I mean, you know, Alabama's got different problems. Your own thing. Scientology? Come on now. Science Scientology together? Just burn them to the ground. Thank you, <laughs> Alabama. I do want to say that maybe the mushroom in the lungs thing, I saw that on TikTok, and sometimes people say shit on the internet that's just totally made up. So, I, I know. Sometimes things are made up. Oh, man, I have to Google this and find out. Do people lie on the Internet? Google says not ever. Whoa, shit. Speaking of TikTok, this is another thing. We're getting right back into our forest and chorus abortion series. The end of the season, too. Wow. And this just sort of popped up on one of my recommended pages. I think it might have actually been on Instagram, but... My name is TikTok. She's a mother of, I think, two or three. She's very young. Unfortunately, she is now using her kids for content, but that's not why I'm mentioning her. Her TikToks and reels revolve around her showing montages of her first becoming pregnant at 14 and then having the baby at 15. You know how they do those like songs playing and it'll be like, me when I was 14, oops, pregnant, (laughs) one of those. So then she... Goes on to choose to have her second baby at 16. Good. No childhood. It's a, it's, a, it's a lot of decisions being made. That's, I have a lot of questions here, obviously, and, and maybe I don't agree a lot on what she's doing. Or I definitely don't think that's an ideal situation. But some of her content is sort of geared towards saying that she was told abortion was the only choice for her pregnancy. And she insisted on keeping it. And so... You know, that's a thing that maybe happened to her. She she then goes on to use the child for legs, which is neither here nor there. I'm just being obnoxious about that because I don't like it. My point is, though I don't agree with her choices in life necessarily, I will absolutely fight for her to have those choices. I don't know what she means by people telling her abortion was the only choice. If that was like her parents or people around her, or she's being hyperbolic, but I do believe that if a teenage girl gets pregnant and she's confident that she wants to carry the baby to term, that she should have a say in that. I guess there's always caveats depending on how young the minor is. I'm talking more about like high school aged. Yeah. But I don't know if this woman, this young woman is presenting herself as pro-life as an individual, but she is getting a lot of positive affirmation for discussing how she chose the baby over abortion And I wonder if she understands that what she's discussing is a pro-choice thing. (laughs) I was trying to find the account again, but I Googled 14 and pregnant TikTok and then I got wildly depressed because there's a lot of accounts. Um, So she may be gone to the sands of social media. Well, that sounds to me like and I'm going to put on my little fedora conspiracy hat here. There's a few things that are being pushed on us civilians in America. Mm -hmm. I'm speaking as an American. One of them is having lots of babies very young. Mm -hmm. So 
I think maybe the algorithm is picking up these accounts and sort of pushing out the numbers to a lot of trolls and bots to get it on more for you pages. Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing that's happening. I'm also getting a lot of like, I didn't eat today and lots of movies on like not eating and lots of TikToks on like my breakfast was cigarettes and coffee. And I'm like, yeah, that's rough. What's going on? I mean, I feel like that's always existed. It is a thread through different forms of media in this country, especially like when magazines were a huge thing. There was so much about like how to diet, yeah. like how to not eat. and how Gum to- that was the flavor of mm-hmm. like desserts. Right, so you we're don't order dessert. <laughs> how desserts in the 90s were all just like pellets that were like, doesn't this taste like cheesecake? It's filled with aspartame. But yeah, I, and I think maybe that there is a little bit of like what came first with those sort of TikToks. But I know that some of these younger girls are getting a lot of positive affirmation from like, you know, weird Q moms in the Midwest. But I don't agree with that. However, if a girl wants to choose to keep a pregnancy who is a young person and they really want that child, I think that they deserve the right to choose that. And that is actually a pro-choice stance. It's not a pro or an anti-choice or pro-life choice. That's very smart of you, Natalie, because it's her choice to keep it. Right. Those Q&A moms are so weird. There was another woman that was like, and then the flash of light, it's what happens when the zygote meets the egg. And it's the flash of light like a boom, like God created. Oh, it's and like a little finger. Get it? You're getting fingered by God in that yes. moment. Yes. And I was like, this is a lot of words and you're saying that. But she could tell she was crazy. I don't know. You, you ever see somebody with the eyes and like nothing's behind them? It Every day. <laughs> um, Every day. Yes. I... I agree. There's a lot of epidemics going all around currently. I had one of my bartender friends go to Q because we were like bartending during the pandemic. And then we all got laid off, you know, of course, for all the, the great layoff. Mm-hmm. And then I saw her again like a year later, like on my Instagram page. And she was just full alt-right QAnon. And I was like, what happened? You weren't like this one year ago. Yeah, I think a pandemic is the perfect time. It's ripe for conspiracy and and fear. And people are alone. They want mm. company. And here's a group of people that are like, hey, you can come over to our side. We're like open. You're not crazy. Every crazy thought you have is correct. Yeah. Come see us. Uh, yeah. And alongside of the, you know, fighting for their decision to keep a pregnancy. Alternately, if they don't want that pregnancy or are being forced to keep the pregnancy by their parents, I will also fight for those kids, those young people. That goes for adult women, too, across the board, of course. And all of this applies to my sentiments all apply to sterilizations as well. Both those who are refused the process, even though they want it, and those who have been forced through it based on some preconceived notion by medical goblins, I'll call them. Good word. So at the end of last episode, I mentioned the woman Elaine Riddick whose case is horrific in its scope, and it also represents a series of wider issues that center on the controlling of who and when people are pregnant. So there's a lot of people talking about when you should be pregnant. Eh, Pretty much half of media, half of the things that are sold are about how and when you're supposed to be pregnant and if you're supposed to be pregnant. It's a lot. As though anyone but that person and perhaps a medical professional should have any say in the use of one's body for generating life. It shouldn't be a big discussion. Yeah, it's my body. I'm yeah. carrying it in my body. Like, and people are just talking about it flippantly like it's a tic-tac in my pussy. Yeah. And that's for you and the person who's carrying that is for them to decide. But, of course, that's not how it works in a lot of circles. And now that I've looked into Elaine Riddick's story, like, 
so many different episodes we cover. I've just found another thing where I'm just like, oh, man, this should have been our own episode. There's so many splinter topics that we find in, in these researches. It's just that just enough mind shattering stuff that I'm like, oh, it needs to be its own thing. We maybe should have even done a separate series on just for sterilizations alone because damn, that shit is wicked. And we have done a lot of it in this country. And so much of it is done in complete and utter self-righteousness. They don't know what's good for them. Yes, exactly. Do you ever go back like when I'm looking at these sort of things that seem so like obviously evil and fucked up? I, a lot of times I'll go through my own life and be like, am I doing something that is like inherently evil that I don't understand? Because do these people not understand what they were doing was completely psychotic? Like, do they not understand? We'll get into what I'm talking about here. But, you know, it's like when you go into those the mindset of the like, you know, Nazis or, or like the Rwandan genocide or even the military. Do the people feel like they're always doing what's right in these situations? Or do some of them actually, do they know they're the baddies and they just don't care? Oh. It's so hard because it's like you can't just go, oh, everybody's a psychopath in that situation. I think some people, like, they really believe what they're doing is right. They believe it's the right thing to do. It might not be the best or, the, you know, the the cleanest, but it's the right thing to do right now. They just don't understand. They'll They'll get it. I just hope that I never find myself in a thought loop like that you know it's scary yeah i hope so too anyway <laughs> that was just a little pondering <laughs> on my end because if somebody's like oh i'm going to be evil then they're gonna like get into fights with everybody that they're because you got to have a, a soldier army of people around you to get things done yeah. and if you really think you're out there to do evil then you're gonna like fight with everybody in your platoon and you're not gonna move forward yeah, I guess it's just making an enemy out of like, you know, with Nazis. It's like or what we're about to talk about with this sort of sterilizations where they're just like targeted a specific group and go, you're bad. All of you. I don't have to add no more questions. Your right. whole group. They might be fed a lot of propaganda. And For propaganda sure. is very sinister and it's real. It's a hell of a drug. And I think moving forward to the next U.S. election to 2024, I would urge everybody to be very cautious with what you see online, especially with deep fakes and to really use your own judgment mm -hmm. and like keep your friends close and like have open communication with people. Don't be like my friend that just joined Q in a year, you know? Yeah. Always be looking over your shoulder. Yeah. No, that's also a terrifying concept, but no, you're correct. Everything. Um, yeah. I think most of you listening out there are hip to it. Like me and Amber, we're really hip. Yeah, we're great. But, you know, of course, there's going to be a lot of trickery going on. Probably forever. So that's cool. Um, so with the case with Elaine Riddick, she was born in Windfall, North Carolina, which is a part of North Carolina that's sort of around Nags Head Bay near the shore. I'm sure it's really beautiful there. And North Carolina is such a pretty state. Oh, yeah. Anyway, on to criticizing it. <laughs> she was born in North Carolina in 1954, which is the same year my mother was born. I say this because we talk about things like eugenics, like it's some faraway history, and it's absolutely not. It is very recent in history. Elaine Riddick's little piece of North Carolina was and is a place consumed by crushing poverty and a place where there are a lot of farmlands and a history of slavery. At some point in her childhood, Elaine and her siblings were taken out of their home by social workers for not specified reasons, but there was alcohol problems in the house. Mm. So 
she and another one of her siblings were sent to her grandmother's house who lived nearby. One of the neighbors of this grandmother was a 20-year-old man. In the late 60s, the year Elaine was 13, this man took Elaine, literally jumped out of the bushes like it was a bad movie, and forcibly raped her in his car. Whether or not this was a one-time instance or it was done repeatedly, I'm not clear without going further into the research, but Elaine was aware of this man, knew who he was. Regardless, Elaine became pregnant from the rape. Oh, my God. Again, she was 13. So when a social worker came to the house for a routine check, she discovered the child pregnant. And especially at this time and that age, she probably didn't really know what sex was. It wasn't in, you know, it was in some music, some like raunchy music, but it wasn't in film, wasn't in TV. There was no sex ed class like we would do today. That's something your parents at home tell you. Right. So she's just like, the bad man put himself in me and now I have a thing. Like she doesn't get it. Yeah. And she said all she remembers about the actual incident is that it really hurt. She probably tried to force it out. I mean, that's why you talk to your mom, like all these astrology witches, you want to get your birth sign, like when what time I was born. And your mom was always like, I don't know, probably because her body ripped in half and she wants to forget. Yeah. I don't know what her like her feelings were in that initial time or even how she discovered she was pregnant. But at some point it became obvious and she wasn't with her mother anymore. She's living with her grandmother again. And so the social worker who came into her house was there because the grandmother was receiving welfare due to her taking these children in. And the social worker who was white, Elaine is a black woman. She pressured the grandmother into signing a legal document that allowed the doctors to sterilize Elaine after she gave birth. Elaine's grandmother was illiterate and presumably was the child of a slave. So she could only go off of what the social worker was telling her the paperwork said. And also with this situation, she had absolutely no power, regardless of whether or not the social worker was telling her it was a choice. Yeah, here's some authorities in my house. I'd be scared. Right. Who's responsible for allowing you your welfare checks to pay for these kids. So Elaine's grandmother really didn't have a choice, in my opinion. And that's how the grandmother phrases it. She didn't feel like there was an option. And she also didn't really know what the paper said. She fully didn't even understand probably the sterilization process, not because she couldn't understand it, but because they probably made it sound kind of tricky. So she signed this paperwork by the social worker with an X. She couldn't sign her name. Elaine was unaware of this decision. No one told her. Elaine who, by the way, is now an activist currently. And likely that is one of the only reasons we know her story at all, because she's an activist. She is but one of tens of thousands who had this experience in modern American history. She says that her father, who had lost custody of her, if you recall, had also had to sign off on this decision, which she accurately points out doesn't make a lot of sense that he is considered incapable of parenting her but totally fine to make a life-altering decision for her without her knowledge. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, he can't, like, be my dad, but he can be my, like, make this decision to have me sterilized? Yeah. So, also, I imagine he wasn't really given a lot of choice either, but he also did sign off the paperwork along with the grandmother. She says that, by the way, her father was an alcoholic and he never recovered from World War II, which is one of the reasons they got taken from the home because he served in the, the war. And I can't even imagine what it was like to see such horror and then come back and be treated like a third class citizen in the country you just fought for. Yeah. Anyway, that's just like I just can't even imagine what that would be like. I'd probably 
drink too. Not defending anything he's done. I'm just like, (laughs) I was taking an Uber the other day and this guy is a veteran and he said, yeah, I don't have dental insurance. And I was like, but you're a veteran. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Because my teeth aren't messed up. I didn't get a messed up fighting. Like I don't, I don't get the insurance. And I'm like, wait, you have to like get him, bash him in while you're on the battlefield. What's the fucking point? I don't know. Nothing really. Anyway, just after Elaine's 14th birthday, she went in and she gave birth to her son, Tony. Several hours later, a man named Dr. William Bindman performed what I assume was either a hysterectomy or a tubal ligation after the child was born and did not inform the child. Holy shit. So she just woke up and was like, I'm hurting really, really bad. Yeah. She had her whole lower stomach was all bandaged up, but they didn't tell her why. She just assumed it had something to do with the pregnancy because she was a kid. What would she know about it? That is so scary. Do you know that like a hysterectomy, like I I said last episode when my aunt got it, they basically take everything out of you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it was that or because tube tying was a thing by then, but I'm not sure which one it was. But regardless, it's so like nightmarish. This little girl had to give birth to this child who was a product of rape, which she's very, by the way, loves her son, is thankful for him. But is sterilized without her knowledge and then, you know, just kind of thrown into the street again. So that's fucking that is some saw shit. Yeah. Going into surgery and the doctor's like, oh, by the way, I like took out all this other stuff. I did the stuff to you that you didn't sign off on. But she also didn't know. You didn't know. So after she got out, they didn't tell her what they'd done it. Nobody did. So she just thought all of this stuff that happened was just something that happened because of pregnancy. You got to take pain medication. No. So because the family signed off on this procedure legally, which I use in the loosest terms because it was definitely half coercion, it was common practice for a board of men to sit around and consider. So basically they would get these people that they deemed undesirables to sign this paperwork. And then the paperwork would go to this board of men who were like medical professionals. And they would sit around in a room and they'd go, what about this one? What about this one? Wouldn't you know, mostly they tied all them tubes. It's one thing if you want to have your tubes tied. Sometimes it's done to you without even your knowledge and sometimes against really your desires. Holy fucking shit, Natalie. So that's crazy. Yeah, it's super crazy. So in Elaine's case, this happened. There was a group of five men who she never met, who never met her. Again, it's the womb envy thing. They're so mad because they control everything, but they can't control the future. Yeah. So they have to come in in these sneaky ways and like carve up our bodies. Yeah. Yep. And so in this case. And then say that we're the emotional ones. (laughs) Sorry. All right. Yeah. We'll keep going. I don't mind being an emotional one. I think it's good to have emotions. God, we should sit around and talk about these dudes like they do about us. So we should like, you know, give them a vasectomy when they're born. (laughs) And then if they're a good little boy at 25, we'll reverse it. Except when we do it, we'll be wearing like beautiful gowns (laughs) that show off our cleavage. (laughs) They would get so mad if we did that. Yeah, I think so. I think that they would get mad. But that's what they do to us. It's true. And in Elaine's case, like so many, this core sterilization was done by, I'm going to presume, only white men, and she was a black child. Here's some of the notes from when they examined her paperwork, then when her case came into their little circle. This is some of the notes from that case. Dolores Elaine Riddick, Perkwomen's County, social information, age 13, single, pregnant, psychological, April 5th. 1967, MA 9-6, IQ 75. This 13-year-old girl expects her first child in March 1968. 
She has never done any work and gets along so poorly with others that her school experience was poor. Because of Elaine's inability to control herself and her promiscuity, there are community reports of her running around and out late at night, unchaperoned. The physician has advised sterilization. This will at least prevent additional children from being born to this child who cannot take care of herself and can never function in any way as a parent. Diagnosis, feeble-minded. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you oh. and your fucking cunt fucking dick i want to light your fucking cock on fire with a like a firework i knew it when i saw this and i it was like amber's gonna have to read this so i was like she's gonna be so mad i, I was furious a roman candle this. and stick it in his urethra and light it on fucking fire yeah how fucking crazy is that running around she was raped you fucking piece of turd shit her inability to control herself and her promiscuity are you kidding me with a 13 year old ah Okay, so I want to get back to the term feeble-minded, too, by the way. God, we should take these men and just throw them in a wood chipper. I mean, these guys are all probably dead by now, Good, I think they're in hell. I, I hope that they also had diarrhea for the rest of their lives. <laughs> but yeah, so first and foremost, the IQ, if you saw at the top, she'd been handed 75. Yeah, no way. I took an IQ test, a free one online, and it told me to go fuck myself. Like, these things don't matter. Well, yes, also, that is... Technically, if you're going by the IQ rate, it is in within the normal range. Further, IQ tests are flawed and especially in a young mind, especially if that child is coming from a troubled life being abused, perhaps malnourished and partially based on the education that they're enveloped in in that time. So that's bullshit number one. And then there's the promiscuity part. Girl, la. Ah, this is extremely common in these routines, calling the child a whore. I, it's uh, just dehumanizing a little girl. Yeah. Who got, she's the victim here. And also the IQ nonsense. You can't gauge an entire human being off of a number like that. No. You might be able to gain some insight into like maybe what kind of classes they should try or what maybe they're really excelling at. This also, there's nonsense. They never even met her. No, nonsense. Also, there's different kinds of intelligence. There's emotional intelligence. There's physical intelligence. Mm -hmm. I would never call a football player stupid because they can do something that I physically I can't there's do. Spatial intelligence. I don't yeah. understand how far away you are from me and how like how fast I'd have to run. To, right. Like, it's just different kinds of. These men live one life and they all think everybody else who hasn't lived their own specific life, it's stupid and wrong and boring and we should just cut out their insides. Yeah, I mean, basically, that's what they did. And those so, are the people running everything? Yeah. Uh, not only all of that, but these children's bodies were often looked at as nuisances to these kind of guys. Check out another few of these anonymous girl peer review notes that were in the same sort of like board meetings as this. The mother had been given a time limit in which to take the necessary steps to bring out her daughter's sterilization. The proper procedure was reviewed, which included the information that the petition was to be executed by the welfare department and she should not be released to the patient. So in that, they're saying that they just took it into their own hands against the consent of the mother. The mother didn't obviously didn't want to do what they were asking her to do. So the welfare department went, well, we guess we're going to just have to do it. Oh, right. I see. It wasn't the proper procedure. It, well, she refused to sterilize her daughter. And so they just did it anyway. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, 
and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Here's another one from 1948. Single girl, 17 years of age. Her mother is deceased. Her father is an excessive drinker. The father was suspected of incest. Sterilization was ordered on condition that the written consent of the father be be secured. Sorry. Uh, So the dad, who probably raped his daughter, has to sign off on a paper to sterilize her? Yeah. Women just had no, especially black women at this time, just had no, no rights. Well, see, that was 1948. Here's another one from 1968. She comes from a home where the father is known to indulge in alcohol and has molested. Space blank. And attempted to molest a younger daughter in the home. Consent, father. So he's, Fuck you. he signed off for the sterilization again. And this was in 68. The first one was 48. So 68's creeping a little close to our current time. Do you hear what I'm saying? The fathers here were known to be molesting their children. And the state solution was, well, let's make sure he can't impregnate her. Oh, we can't. Oh, my God. The poor men. The poor men that are doing all the raping. See these consequences that are happening because of all their little, just the little rapes they do. We can't have that. So we're just going to gut out this poor young girl and call her a whore. This is why a lot of women our mother's age, and I don't want to say all those women, but they were raised in such mm-hmm. an internalized misogyny world. Like, this shit we're reading right now, I my jaw is dropping to the floor. Of course, when I talk to my mom's friends, they're just like, we think women are too emotional. Right. And men have to rule. And if they're just like a doll where you pull the string yeah. on the back. Because if they'd said anything against it, they'd probably get the shit kicked out of them. I mean, yeah, the, this is showing the... If anybody finds out you're being molested by your dad, they're going to give you a big surgery. Um, and that's why everything was so hush-hush back then. You can't say that. You can't say that. Because now, like, let's open this up. Let's get these people therapy. Let's put the baddies in jail or put them away. Get them therapy. You can't do that. I mean, it's, you can't do that in the past. It's just beyond the pale that these say the girl is being raped by her father Father, can you sign off on us giving your daughter a sterilization surgery? The father, it's in the paperwork that he signs. I, uh, ah, (laughs) kicking out all the windows in the studio. Yeah, I can't believe it. This makes me hate men. I don't want to hate men. I don't want to. I hate these powerful dudes. Yeah, that's what I hate. It's these kinds of people. They just make all these decisions and then they just... This is why I hate like the debate people, because they're just kind of debating on these ideas. Right. These ideas are people's lives. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And you just sure. and they make up these words like that's a fallacy. You didn't play by my little rules that I invented. But yeah. they can, of course, break all the rules they want. Right. And that's sort of what I was getting at the last episode when I was saying I don't believe there's two sides to the pro-choice, anti-choice side, because 
you want to have these discussions and debates, but it's at the cost of women who are currently alive and yeah. their lives. And you're just like, well, let's think about it a little bit more. There's some nuance. It's like, no, there's really. no nuance. There's not really. Look at these things. So, yeah. Oof. All of that shit is just like, if I was like a Hulk, I would have found that out when reading this because it would have just ripped out of me at that point. So I'm not a Hulk, everyone. No, this makes me incredibly violent. This was 1968, dude. This was not the 1700s. This wasn't medieval Europe. Guy Fieri was born in 1968 when this was happening. <laughs> well, I'm glad his mother once wasn't euthanized. Yeah, I'm, we're all glad. So 1968 is also the year that Elaine gave birth to her son, Tony. She was forced to give up the child after she you know, had the baby. They sterilized her without her knowing. She had to give her baby up to her, like her older family, her grandmother. So Tony was first raised by Elaine's grandmother, the same one she was living with, who, by the way, again, Elaine does not blame her for the sterilization. She feels very much like her grandmother had no choice. Elaine herself moved to Long Island after the birth to live with an aunt, basically kind of start over. And she lived up there for a while. She went about her life not knowing what had happened to her. At 18, she had met a man she was interested in marrying, and she was really excited about looking forward to starting a family, being a mother on her own terms. Because if you'll recall, her son Tony was a product of rape. It doesn't mean that she didn't want to be a mother. She was very excited to have a family. So was this young man she wanted to marry. After they did marry, they began to trying to conceive and were not succeeding. Not only that, but Elaine was experiencing some troubling physical ailments like unexplained abdominal pain and even hemorrhaging at times. Yeah, because you need medicine. You need checkups. Yeah. And also, if you've had a surgery that you don't know about, you're going to have these side effects that are going to be confusing. Yeah. And she probably doesn't trust doctors now. I think once you're so used to being treated that way, you just you still go on. You're just like, yeah, I still go to doctors. Like, what else am I going to do? So she did. She you know, finally, after trying to figure out the source of these problems, a doctor finally said, oh, maybe it is your sterilization that's preventing you from having a baby and causing medical emergencies. And she's like, What's sterilization? So she goes home and she reaches out to her family down in North Carolina and they finally reveal what happened to her five years later after they did it. Elaine is devastated. Yeah, because like you said, on her own terms, it's crazy that I will say the patriarchy. I know that's a cringy word, but that's what this literally is. Mm -hmm. This is a board of white men yeah. saying what you can and cannot do to your body. They cannot handle a woman saying, I want to have a child on my own terms. No, no, no. We got to do it. Yeah. We got to figure it out when and where and who can do it. You know what? You don't get fucking get that choice. Also, just the punishment of her because she was raped. I mean, it's just like that is another part of rape culture where it's just like, well, what did she do to deserve that? I right. guess she shouldn't have been out. Then shouldn't she? I guess night? so. That's why you know, rapists, they'll never be fully prosecuted and taken away because men use them or like these evil sort of top men use them as like, oh, you see what happened when you didn't have a husband and you were out walking around? Oh, you yeah. get punished. So if you play by the rules, again, we make the rules for you. We can break them for us. But for you, you have to get a husband early on. You have to be a certain skin color and a certain made up IQ point that we made up. And if you deviate from all of these, well, you're going to get raped. Which, of course, is also completely a fallacy because people who cover themselves from head to toe, get married young, do all the things right, still get raped they all the time. They still get raped. There's a, there's a museum or like a, a, a thing in a museum that says, um, what were you wearing? And it's all clothing from women who've been raped. And it's like, Oof. 
full body covering stuff. What museum is that in? It's like a, it's, I think it's a traveling thing on different museums, but it's called uh, What Were You Wearing? Oh, it's like a, like a, it's an like exhibit, like an, an exhibit, exhibit like a yeah. exhibit. Yeah. And it's just like every kind of clothes. It's like jeans, yeah. long dresses, hijabs, you right. know, it's all like, what the fuck do you want from me? Yeah, totally. And if there's a gun in my hand and I kill you, I'm going to go to jail for a really long time. Yeah. I guess maybe you could just start calling it gun rape and then maybe you won't get charged with anything. <laughs> so, of course, she is crushed. But I guess because no one can prevent being trash in this story, her husband begins calling her barren and void of fruit and is like, belittling her for not being able to conceive no nice men in the story (laughs) is there one nice man in the story now i'm i'm not doing it her son her son is great great okay i don't i'm not doing it i'm not withholding nice men in the story i promise you yeah so they her and that man eventually divorce and she tries to pick up the pieces of herself even though she had to drop out of school to give birth to Tony and then move to New York, she eventually earns her GED and goes on to get a degree in applied sciences in 1982. Wow. Her son, Tony, also receives a degree in applied sciences and is active alongside his mother trying to expose and get justice for the victims of sterilization and eugenics. So I want to go back to that word feeble minded. That term first appeared in English translations of the New Testament, but in the 1900s on, it was used medically and is attributed to Charles Darwin's cousin, Sir Francis Galton, who is most well known for founding the concept of eugenics. Yay. Oh, my God. Yeah, I didn't realize that was Darwin's cousin. Great. I love science. Yeah. I love well, all he, these people. He, he He's a perfect example of how you can take science and manipulate it into whatever your own agenda is. Right. Which is why you have to look at it really objectively and see lots of different sources, which we blabbed on about before on the show. But you have to kind of reference a lot of different things at once. because Scientific. Everybody. Yes. Because everybody has their own. All of us. We all have our own little agendas going on. And some just have much crazier and worse ones. Eugenics, which is loosely translated as good stock. Fuck you, I'm not an animal. Yeah. Fuck you, I'm not a farm animal. Yeah. I am a woman. Oh my God, I want to get a gun in my hand. No, no, don't. All right, I won't. I won't get a gun in my hand. Satire. (laughs) Satire, everyone. The term eugenics was first put into the lexicon by Galton in 1888. While the idea of a pure race or cleansing uh, or like perfect, you know, a perfect human species is not a new concept, putting it into these medical parameters was relatively new at the time. For Galton's form of master racing, he took some of Darwin's theories and sort of contorted them into a box that would suggest that people can somehow use genetic testing to formulate the perfect specimens. If that sounds like a horror movie, perhaps you've heard of Hitler, not Charles Hitler. We're not going to go down that <laughs> road that road again. But yes, it's the same thing that Hitler was trying to do, which, you know, turned out great. There's obviously inherent problems with the idea of breeding some kind of perfect human race. First off, It's often in recent centuries been diluted with white people's own sense of self-importance and biases. And it's not always been white people in the entire history of time. But we're in a time period right now where it's a lot of us saying it because while Francis Galton's principles weren't expressly saying, I'm talking about black people. Suddenly, a whole lot of non-pale skinned people are getting classified as feeble minded. 
Feeble-mindedness mixed with the concept of eugenics is what caused the considerable amount of the forced sterilizations in our country. And I'm going to also assume forced abortions, which tally over 100,000, and those are just the documented ones, from 1929 to 1974. 1973 is when the ACLU stepped in to file a federal lawsuit representing those who had been forcibly sterilized you see, and the eugenics board was abolished entirely by 1977, the year that Star Wars came out. A eugenics board? Yeah, the year the world was introduced to Chewbacca, there was still a eugenics board in America. Get the fuck out. It was abolished in part by Elaine and people like her who stood in front of rooms of people and repeatedly told their stories of pain and humiliation. I hate that. I hate that they're like... It's kind of like when people are like, source, facts, tell me. They want, they know what they're doing is wrong. They want you to repeat your pain slowly mm-hmm. to them because they like, they get off on it. I know. I'm some sure people some people do. Get off on it. I'm sure. The concept of feeble mindedness is basically the equivalent of calling someone a chud, but making it science. <laughs> it is beyond being deeply insulting, not medically descriptive in any way, and was also. Kind of the equivalent of saying poor or minority or loose or not towing the line for decades of innocent people, many of whom are probably very smart. I love that like zero. I've heard of zero pro-lifers. And if you know of any, let me know that are mad about this. I've never heard them discuss this. Never. Please tell me. Tell me. So even if some of those people who were on that feeble-minded list weren't academically like achieving in that time period there's absolutely no reason to violate their bodies in any manner or anybody's body it's fundamental flaw of this kind of master race thinking there is no exact measurement of what are the best kinds of people neurodivergence is so much a part of how much our culture thrives and blooms and changes and becomes beautiful like somebody can be sharp And look the parked and be perfect in the eyes of these dudes and be absolute vile human trash. They could give Mario an American accent for God's sake. He's been Italian for 40 years. Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. The Super Mario trailer just came out. Oh, I've never seen it. See, some of these chuds, I'll call them, these sort of like white master race guys. Because I remember like during 2020, I was getting clean. Like I was stopping to drink so much. I was stopping using drugs, right? And I was like, okay, so I'll look at all these like health blogs. And then suddenly I noticed my timeline on Twitter is all of these kind of like chuds talking about eugenics basically and I was like what whoa what's going on and it took me a while to connect the dots and it was like from this health industry and I was like oh my god all these like perfect women because there's a lot of women getting you into it they're like you just gotta have your little agave Mm. syrup and then fresh herbs and (laughs) And they're all like priming you so it's still here right there's just like always like a little inkling of truth in there like fresh herbs are probably good for you like, is that part of, like, why somebody's a better person or not? Probably not. No. I did a thing for my Patreon today. I was writing about, like, things I like to reuse, like eggshells or coffee grinds or whatever. And I did a disclaimer at the bottom. And I said, because I've researched all this stuff, if somebody says to you the phrase divine femininity, run, that's a new way of phrasing women get back in the kitchen. Sure, sure, sure. If they say something about return to tradition, they mean a white master race. Like it's so it's now it's still here, but it's like way more insidious. Well, yeah. And it's it sucks, too, because a lot of those kind of movements co-opt 
symbols and words and phrases that didn't actually mean those things, but then they become dog whistles for these other things. Yeah. It's a lot with like Nordic gods and stuff, which I love that history and I love it. But so many of those symbols are used by white supremacist groups that you can't really do it because then you look like you're like, "Ah, but not them. I just like the mythology. Not them. Um, And a fun thing about Hitler, a fun thing about Hitler is he (laughs) because it ended up with him being like, "Okay, now we want to get rid of the brunettes. Sure. Because he started with like, we want the like only Germans, but there's brunette Germans. I'm a brunette German. And then now, because once you start with this, like, only there's a master, then now you're chipping away at everything. and Right, because there's no conceivable way to make somebody a perfect thing. It doesn't exist. No, it's stupid. Like, you're going to get rid of everybody. And then who's left? People living under this totalitarian a regime where they're terrified all the time? Yeah. Is this the world we want to live in? It seems like they keep trying to do it. I don't know. It seems like it would suck a lot, but uh, maybe that's just me. <laughs> Um, I don't feel like we probably, as the audience here, we probably don't need to convince you of these things. I think if you're listening to the show, you probably already don't believe in ethnic cleansing. Yeah. But just in case somebody out there. But I bring it up because according to North Carolina's own eugenics board documentation, 71.4% of their clients, their patients that didn't want it, were sterilized due to feeble-mindedness. 71? Yes, yeah, 71%. So to be clear, there are zero good reasons to perform a forced sterilization, but over 71 of those thousands of people in that state alone might as well have been sterilized based on vibes. <laughs> oh, yeah, that kid was mid for real, though. Chuddiness was legit. Take those pipes out, bro. I wasn't feeling it. Like, that's basically what they're saying about a lot of these people. This is the most evil shit i've ever heard natalie yeah it's fucking crazy this is evil yeah it's terrible it's fucking it's horrific i don't even know like i know i've said cursed a lot this episode i usually don't but i mean it's just like coming out of my body like vomit i can't fathom sitting at the top of some pile of ice cream just being like all of those people can be hurt and i don't care yeah just the lack of empathy yeah that's another thing with debate like so many people have no empathy for Which another is really human scary life. it's really scary yeah i've met actually a lot of people who older that say i don't have empathy yeah they just flat out say it yeah, and I do what? wonder what what is the link to that if that was because that more people had to be involved in like physical combat back in those generations or what. But yeah, empathy is hard to find in some people. And I feel like those are the scariest people yeah. out there. So you, like, and that goes back to the debate thing. I'm not going to debate someone who doesn't have a basic human element to them. I know. I might as well be debating a robot. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, it's scary. I don't really know what the answer is to that. You want to um, go live in some, go go live in the woods with some, I don't know, go with your little friends and go live in the woods. Get the fuck out of here. No one wants you here. Then they just build a compound and they start shooting people. Go kill each other for all I care. You That's go true. in the woods and kill each other. Get out of here. You and your quote unquote master race. There's no such thing. Maybe we should set up a big obstacle course. Like, we a, should. like a hamster cage. We should. Just entitled. Just entitled. No empathy. Pieces of shit. <laughs> so. Pieces of fucking shit, Natalie. <laughs> Scum of the fuck. They should be euthanized. I mean, I have a bit of empathy. They don't know what the fuck that is. So I don't want to physically hurt them. But maybe I do sometimes. Yeah. No. Maybe I would. I maybe I should it. carve out your fucking dick with an ice cream spoon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Okay. 
<laughs> all right. All right. I'm done. Now Let's we're done. keep on with the yep. episode. When I was, so, well, yeah, like, but it is sometimes just the lack of understanding. And sometimes I feel like people can gain empathy. It depends on like their surroundings and who they grew up around. And I think some people grow into empathetic beings. I yeah. think that that's true. I don't think I was ever non-empathetic, but I like, for example, when I was in college, I was presented with this idea, which I think I might've mentioned last week, but I was presented with this idea that in sections of India, there are sterilization incentives, i.e. money incentivized for people, for all genders to voluntarily become sterilized. At the time, especially someone who didn't want kids and was broke as hell, I was like, that seems awesome. Like, that's fucking a great idea for like population. Like, yeah, I think that's really cool. But as I've grown up, I realized that I wasn't really examining that with like a wider lens. I don't know all of the expressed details of those incentivized plans, but I see now an inherent issue with this being a poor person's problem and it's sort of a way to say we'd rather you poors not have kids. It's weird that like people at the top hate poor people so much. They want to get rid of them instead of like, I don't but know. also depend on them in a lot of ways. Depend on them to build your factories and to mm-hmm. work in them. Remember that Ayn Rand Atlas Shrugged? Mm-hmm. I read that in college. All my guy friends loved it. And I was like, mm-hmm. But the rich people are leaving and they're succeeding and the fact like the world fails because there's no more rich people. And I was like, who's going to work in the factories? Yeah. Who's totally. going to work for them? Yeah, for sure. Well, they'll do anything to like eliminate the poor, except maybe like, you know, raise the minimum wage, more health. But then they'll have more benefits. Then they'll feel good and then they'll like want things for themselves. <laughs> That's we can't have that. So, yeah, I mean, is that sort of incentive? Is that not a form of eugenics? Like, no, rich people are taking sterilization incentives. No. I mean, it's cool if that's what the person really wants. If they really already wanted to be sterilized and and then get cash for it, that's fine. But if you're desperate, is that really ethical? I can say with a full and utter authority, after viewing the app TikTok, people procreating that have a lot of money are not making better, smarter kids. No. Maybe we should sterilize the rich. Yeah. I think that there is nothing that makes you more chud-like than generational wealth. So I take back all my thoughts on eugenics. We've just been focusing on the wrong group. Right. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Oh, my God. In high school, I was on the tennis team. I mean, we're all like it was a public school. So we're all like kind of poor little southern kids. I got my racket from Goodwill and we were playing the private school and we all thought the private school was so rich. Looking back, they were like like middle class. Yeah, it was fine. But so I'm at I'm playing doubles and I'm at the front of the net. And this kid, the rich kid, he goes, hey, my dad owns your dad. And then they like won the game and they kept calling us poor the whole time. They're so mean. And they did so many. It was like a laughing joke about how 
we were always the ones getting like the cops sent for drugs, but people weren't really, people would smoke some weed maybe that like was just like ground up and nasty, but it was the rich kids that were doing all the pills and the Coke, yeah. but no one ever busted them up. Yeah. Well, don't worry. Probably a lot of them uh, went on to lead horrible lives. So <laughs> the kid who used to scream sick white trash at me every day in the cafeteria and put food in my hair died in a motorcycle accident. So good. Um, anyway, good. Um, <laughs> fuck that kid. Fuck that kid. I don't give a shit. Why do I have to be the better person? Uh, I know it's I'm not cheering on anybody's death, but he was really awful. So, yeah, generational wealth, I feel like does generate the absolute worst human beings on Earth. They are the ones actively destroying the entire planet. Yes. I used to work for a billionaire in New York City. I was like the receptionist at this like shipping firm. And he would really say, I pulled myself up on my own bootstraps. Yeah. I did it myself. And I looked into it and like heard, you know, his life story from other people. His dad owned the same company, taught him everything he knew, gave him shares of the company. So he had enough money and then bought him this company, mm -hmm. like bought the 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 bones in the, the office so we could all work there. And then he just walked in with a briefcase and then set it up and was like, I did it all by myself. Right. And he couldn't turn on a lamp, Natalie. Yeah, I had to go yeah, up yeah. to his office one day because he didn't know how to turn a lamp on. He's like, do I touch it? And I was like, there's a knob. There's yeah. a knob right there. <laughs> it's just, you just touch it. I, you know, it's probably better if he can't figure out switches because then he just causes fewer problems. He just sits in the dark. But right. I don't think there's anything wrong with your family helping you. I think it's the problem of the parents always telling them they're special magical beings who've like just are good at things naturally and they're they're better than other people because look how they got into first class when they were six. Like, look at all those pieces of shit in the back. It's because you're really good at stuff. Yeah. And so you, therefore, if you want to like push that kid down, make them feel like shit, that's okay. Right. That's all right. That's and they should be making their own kids feel like shit every once in a while than going like, you're not special. You're lucky. And you, this could all disappear tomorrow. But a lot of rich people don't do that. They don't do kids. that. That's why I lie on every single one of my job resumes. Every single fucking. And people are like, no, you can't lie. Watch me, bitch. Yeah. Watch me. Yeah. I just make stuff up. Who fucking cares. Except for this job. I didn't lie to get this job. <laughs> I did make you give me a resume, submit a, a portfolio <laughs> of your works. Here's um, me screaming in the night. <laughs> so... Back to like the poor people getting the coerced abortions and sterilizations, even though that program specifically ended in the 70s here, it still affects minorities and the poor exponentially more than rich Caucasian people. And again, we'll have a longer series about the human atrocities at the border next season. Look forward to that, everybody. <laughs> there have been so many reports, too many to even list involving Forced abortion, forced pregnancy, forced sterilization, and the rape of women trapped at the U.S. border. So the southern border is, it seems like a hellscape, I guess. And I'm, I'm not saying this is, came from specifically just Trump. It's a long problem. It's, yeah, it's been going on. But we have been more aware of it because Trump made it even crueler. You know, also, I, I don't care. I want people to be mad at him. So <laughs> I don't believe in heaven and hell personally, but I hope some of y'all are right, just so some of those women who fled horrific conditions in their birth country only to find themselves trapped at our border in a new hell have somewhere nice to go eventually. I hope you're right. Anyway, there are then sex workers as another minority group in this country that is really affected by forced abortion. In a series of focus groups conducted around the United States by anti-trafficking activist Laura Lederer, Lederer, in 2014, over 25% of survivors of domestic sex trafficking 
who responded reported they had been forced into an abortion. So 25% of those sex workers had been forced or coerced into an abortion. Oh, my God. Do you think it was by their pimp? Who's Mostly. Like, no, you got to keep out there. You got to keep working. Yeah, mostly their pimps. They reported that. And they can't um, like... You can't just escape. You're trapped in a trauma cycle of yeah. abuse in these situations. So, yeah, it's I mean, sex workers, that's a big issue with them. Reproductive rights for sex workers in general is a big old mess. But anyway, that woman, Laura, has been an activist fighting for human rights for like four decades. Her testimony before the House of Representatives Committee in 2014 included this passage. The prevalence of forced abortion in an especially disturbing trend in sex trafficking Prior research has noted the occurrence of forced abortions in victims of sex trafficking outside of the U.S. The survivors in our study indicated that often they do not elect to have abortions. More than half of those who answered the question indicated that their abortions were forced on them. In addition, many more said that they felt forced to choose abortion by the circumstance of being trafficked. How can I take care of a baby when he, her pimp, forces me out on the street every night? One victim noted that in most of my six abortions, I was under serious pressure from my pimp to abort the babies. Notably, the phenomenon of forced abortion in sex trafficking transcends the political boundaries of the abortion debate, violating both the pro-life belief that abortion takes innocent life and the pro-choice ideal of women's freedom to make her own reproductive choices. So, six. Also, when you get an abortion, it's not like you just... Walk out of the clinic. I'm feeling great. It's going to get right. an iced coffee and go shopping. You need to heal. Yeah. It hurts. Yeah. It's definitely, we said that last week too, it's not a, a reality for most women to just, which is another, you know, talking point by anti-choice people that like women just like love going in and getting abortions. They do it for fun. They have parties and they go together and it's like. A lot of time, it's it's a lot on your body. It's, it's a lot. So, and I want to ask them, like, do you know a woman that's had an abortion? They, but they do. They do. They just don't know they it. They might not know that they do, but they definitely do. They do. Um, or they'll lie and be like, no, yeah. I don't know anybody. It's like, you had one. Right. I know. A lot of people. There's like, this is speculation. I'm not seeing this happen. But one of Tommy Laren's only, like progressive talking points is she's pro-choice. And it's just like, she's one of those people. I'm just like, you only believe things that directly affect you you i know you had a fight. i know you did tell me yeah there's a few people that are like huh clock is right twice a day right mm -hmm. it's like him and the um the herschel walker son oh well we'll be talking about herschel walker don't you worry okay as we get towards the end here so her solution this woman laura is sadly the only way that you get most things done in this world which is to look at it from an economic standpoint and try to defend it that way oh so, money talks yeah so she includes these stats amidst a bunch of other physical abuse issues for sex workers that is framed around the idea that it's a public health crisis to have so many sick and injured people with communicable diseases. And that includes injuries from multiple forced and backdoor abortions. So it's kind of her going like, I'm not going to get you to care about sex workers, but like it's going to cost you money if they keep doing all these things. Yeah. And also, you know, the men that make these laws visit these sex workers. So if he's like, hey, they're all really hurting right now because of those <laughs> forced abortions. So, you know, like maybe, how are they ever going to have sex with you? I don't know. Maybe if you can you get your dick hard if they have a uh, bodily autonomy. <laughs> Sometimes probably not. So, yeah, it's tricky. I don't envy this woman's stand, but, you know, this her place. She's done a lot of work over the last four decades, but it's like a tricky balance. It's a fine tightrope walk because there's little good done if, if she's coming across as though she's trying, you know, because she's trying to get health care workers basically to get training and resources so that if somebody comes to get an abortion under duress, 
that they know how to handle that situation. And, you know, so like somebody goes into Planned Parenthood, they're being coerced into the abortion. Like she wants healthcare workers to know how to handle that situation, which requires training and money and work. Yeah. But then it's hard because then you don't want to also come across as the healthcare workers trying to shame the person coming in. So you have to kind of dance that line there a little bit. But not only them, though, there are those who shelter under the guise of a church who are guilty of forcing abortions. Oh, my God. This is my family. They believe these things a lot. They're just like, you can get an abortion in Mississippi. And it's these. Yeah. It's these places. Yeah. Not only that, but also I get to bring up Scientology again. Right. Uh, Yay. Or are these also the same churches that are like, hey, you can come in here and get an abortion. And then they're just like. They don't do it. Oh, like the pregnancy centers. Yeah. Yeah. Some of that. And a lot, of, a lot of them are just like people who have affairs. And we'll talk about these people. But, you know, people who work in the church who like get somebody pregnant and then they go like, just do it. And don't we'll tell anybody. And if nobody knows, it's like it didn't happen. You know, it's like what's good for me is not good for you kind of thing. So with Scientology in many high control religion situations, They monitor who can get pregnant and when a person is allowed to get pregnant a lot. This is part of being in a high control religion that can be previous to the insemination, like saying, like, you must be on birth control. You must not be on birth control. But it can also happen after, as in the case of Scientology, which is you get pregnant, you better take care of it. So there have been numerous men and women reporting that if they were Sea Org members, that they were told in no uncertain terms that they were not to get pregnant. And if they did, must get rid of it. It was a fun little mental gymnastics match because while LRH's like doctrine would prattle on about how abortion is bad and would show up in your engrams, which is a Scientology word for like trauma. All right. He would also say things like, if you're in Sea Org, you better not have kids. It's not a part of what you can do. If I don't see it, it doesn't happen though, right? So if you get pregnant, don't be pregnant anymore. But also abortions are bad. Several of these women from the Sea Org have gone on national television to discuss their Scientology ultimatums. It's like the mind trap of, I'm not telling you to get an abortion. I'm just saying that if you remain pregnant and that results in a child you can't be a part of this elite God squad you're on anymore. And the entire world will probably suffer because you didn't commit to the Sea Org and because of your selfishness. And your family will probably be ashamed of you and they might shun you. But it's totally up to you if you want to get the abortion or oh not. Oh, my God. Fuck them. Because you, on the outside, you could look at this and be like, oh, we'll just leave. you know. But when you're in it and, and being, your whole family's in it, your whole family's in it. So not only do you not have a job, a place to stay, these Any life skills. Any life skills. um, You're also going to not go to heaven. Right. So I guess. So, but it's up to you. (laughs) It's totally up to you. Yeah. This is by far not only a Scientology issue as far as high control situations go. There's an endless list of holy people, mostly men of most stripes, who say one thing and implement another thing for themselves. But this is also the case with women who have had abortions, either are open about it or hide it and then go, But then I prayed and then God said it was fine, but you can't. I just did it. And then I said, sorry, God. And then God said, "Okay, but you're not allowed to do that. So that goes through a lot of different kinds of like high control places. I don't think I'm shattering anyone's paradigm here. People are already aware of this. But people who say they speak to God for you often have pretty special view of themselves and they may justify hypocrisy in that way. Oh yeah. It's always some hierarchy that they just happen to be at the top of. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? We're going to close this out, this episode. I wanted to though, before we left, 
Here's a very short and very partial list of men who are vocally anti-choice activists who've insisted on or tried to force women to get an abortion in their own life. Oh, my God. So just ultimate hypocrites. Yes. But like, it's OK because I'm one of these top men, these white men at the top. So I get to. This is true patriarchy right here. Yes. And again, I know that's a cringe word. And people are like that does that it is this. It, it exists. Yeah. This is whole fucking episode. It's the it's all those words that do actually mean something, but get used for everything. And then they lose their they lose value. the context. Yes. But OK, so we're going to start off with Tim Murphy. Oh, he's like winking at the camera. He's smiling. He's got a red tie and an American flag behind the him. Couple upsta- he is part of the master race. Look at him. Wow. Uh, he looks like my mom would be like, Amber, you should go date him. Yeah. I well, bet he's a good man. He probably would uh, have an affair with you. And then I would get pregnant and he'd force me to, to um, abort it. Yeah. And so, then my, I'd be called a whore. Yeah. So he served as the U.S. representative for Pennsylvania's 18th congressional district from 2003 to until his resignation in 2017. Beyond being a conservative and a staunch pro-lifer, he has allegedly made nine figures during his time in politics. Just by the way, in early September 2017, Murphy admitted to an extramarital affair with Shannon Edwards, a 32-year-old forensic psychologist. The Pittsburgh Post-Gazette reported a text message on January 5th of that year from Edwards to Murphy, including the statement, You have zero issue posting your pro-life stance all over the place when you had no issue asking me to abort our unborn child just last week when we thought that was one of the options. Yeah, fuck you. So she ended up being not pregnant, but when he was having an affair with this woman, he was like, maybe just go deal with it. But openly pro-life on his... You know, oh, right. Unless it affects him. Again, right. these are these rules that like we've made up that, you know, you have to abide by because mm-hmm. that's a fallacy. That's a fallacy. But then I can kind of like sneak over here and do whatever I want. Yeah. At the very least, he stepped down from his position after the scandal. With those nine figures. Yeah, he's fine. We can't say the same for this guy whose name is Scott Dejaris. I don't know how to say his last name. Dejar. D-E-S-J-A-R-L-A-I-S. Yeah. Dejarlay? Dejarlace. He is a physician currently serving as the U.S. representative for Tennessee's 4th Congressional District and has been since 2011. Despite his public opposition to legal abortion, Dejarlace encouraged his ex-wife to terminate two pregnancies and encouraged a former patient with whom he was having an affair to get an abortion. Oh, so three. At the very least. The baby's live, but the baby's just jealous. The baby's. Yes. So in October 2012, HuffPo attained a transcript of September 2000 phone conversation in which blah, 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 pressured a mistress to get an abortion. In October, he wrote to supporters on Facebook of this year. I'm going to do an accent. The media wrongly reported that I recorded the conversation myself. I was recorded unknowingly and without my consent. So basically his Facebook statement was like, maybe I did make one of my mistresses have an abortion, but they're saying I recorded it and they're lying. Like he basically just tried to make it about something else. That's crazy. And also, oh, so now you understand what the word consent means when it's about you. Yeah, it's funny. Of course now you know what it means. And I did the Southern accent because he's from Tennessee. Yeah, you're right. So it was correct. Nine days before the general election in 2012, a second woman said that she began dating when she was his patient, she alleged that the two smoked marijuana together and that he prescribed opioids for her when she was at his house. Oh, buddy, that'll get you in prison. 
And then two weeks after da, 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 won the 2012 election, the Chattanooga Times Free Press obtained a full transcript of his 2001 divorce proceedings. The transcript revealed that he had admitted under oath to at least six sexual relationships with people he came in contact with while chief of staff at the Grandview Medical Center in Tennessee. Among them were three co-workers, two patients and a drug rep. The transcript also revealed that his former wife had had two abortions and that blah, blah, blah had admitted under oath that he and his former wife had recorded the phone conversation with the mistress. So he also lied about that. Fuck you. One of the biggest mistakes I made was I commented to the press before I had the opportunity to go back and read the transcript. That was like 13, 14 years old. So again, all of the things that he did, he is trying to brush over by being like, I forgot what I said. Not that I forgot that I gave people abortions and drugs. And if actively preventing other people from doing it. Yeah. It was never my intention to mislead anyone. And I had read this. I don't think the inaccuracies that occurred would have taken place. That's a true politician's response where he's just like, nothing. I did, in fact, look at the transcripts and it occurred in a way in which I would not have. Oops. So then three weeks after he won the election, he says on a conservative talk radio show that God has forgiven me and asked fellow Christians and constituents consider doing the same. God may have forgiven you, but I haven't. It's just that doesn't you just made it up. When these motherfuckers, this is the thing, dude. They make it I, up I don't the rules. Care. You might believe in God, you might love God, but you're just saying God has forgiven me and just acting like the wave came along the sand and all of my crimes went away. But oh my also, God. you better not do any of those crimes. He's like this kind of dude who wants to put women in jail for having abortion. And he's like, look what he's done. And he's just like, oh well, God forgave me. So this is crazy, Natalie. He's still around. Don't worry. I'm so glad he's here for us. This is crazy. Um, I hate this. Yeah, and he looks like a fucking toe also. Yes, he does. Then he's we have bald. Yeah. He's bald. Ew. I bet all of his little hormones took his hair away because he's a piece of shit. I think so too, Amber. Then we have Elliot Broidy. He looks like that scene in Batman where Jack Nicholson as the Joker puts on like the skin color makeup over the clown makeup. Do you remember that scene? He looks like that. Yeah. I have to show you a picture afterwards. So from 2005 to 2008, he served as the financial chairman for the RNC. And then again from 2017 to April 2018. And he again was the deputy finance chairman of the RNC under the heavily conservative and pro-life Trump presidency. On April 13, 2018, the Wall Street Journal reported that Brody had a sexual relationship with a Playboy playmate, resulting in a pregnancy in late 2017. While he was the chairman, it was discovered that he had paid this playmate $1.6 million to get an abortion and shut up about it. The woman also alleged in the complaint that Brody was physically, sexually, and emotionally abusive towards her and that he exposed her to herpes. He resigned shortly after this came to light. Well, thank God he's out of there. I mean, he does look like a 1980s villain. And you know those are hair plugs. Yeah, it's complete rumor. But there's a lot of people saying that it was actually a Trump abortion that like he was paid off to cover up. But that's just complete conspiracy. Oh so God. then we have Jason Miller, whose face is truly tragic. I he's do kind bloated. of feel bad Why are all these conservative men so ugly? Oh, uh, he... Every, like, show me... I'm sure there's attractive ones, don't get me wrong. But the ones on this page are just so ugly. I think they're mad because if women truly had their way, no one would fuck them. But the thing is, they would. If they were cool. If they were decent personalities, they would look more handsome. Right. It's that they exude this kind of douchebaggery. Like, Jason Miller's goatee that he's trying to, like, form a chin out of. With his little pink lips like a pig. Your just, little pinky pig lips. Just, like, don't be a tool. People you, would have yeah. sex with you. 
He does look like the kind of guy that would brag about his IQ. Yes, I'm sure he has, to be honest. So Jason Miller was the chief spokesman for the Trump presidential campaign and transition of Donald Trump. He was a senior advisor to the Trump reelection campaign. With Jason here, these accusations are alleged. Basically, his mistress, A.J. Delgado, who he impregnated at the same time his wife is pregnant in 2017. So he was fucking this woman while his wife was pregnant, then got the mistress pregnant at the same time. Family first, you know? Yep. His mistress brought forward a story of a second Jane Doe who he had an affair with and put a substance in her smoothie to trigger an abortion after he had also impregnated that mistress. This has never been fully substantiated, but of course Miller denies it. For what it's worth, he attempted to sue the publication that first broke this story for $100 million, and he lost that case. And instead, he had to pay the magazine. (laughs) Fuck you. So we have no idea if this is real or not, but it has also not ever been proven to be false. It's just that the Jane Doe has not wanted to come forward. Also, he sucks. uh, So I'm bringing him up because I think he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Then we have Herschel Walker. So... It's kind of hard to grasp that this is happening in politics when you see him speak. He's obviously had a lot. He's he was, you know, professional football player, had a lot of head injuries. And that is tragic. There's a lot of problems with that in the football world. But to think that he might be in charge of a whole state is is something. I don't know if you ever really watched his speeches, but it's wild. I think people are just so because he runs on the Christian platform and people are so... They want a Christian nation so bad. But the Warnock but they're not is an Christian. actual reference. <laughs> this opponent, the one who was on the Democrat side, is an actual good man who's also religious. It's so crazy to me. But he's not running on conservative talking points like Herschel is. So he's the Republican nominee for the 2022 United States Senate election in Georgia. At the time of this recording, it is a runoff. Lord God, Satan, Whoever is listening, please watch over the state of Georgia. I love that state. I'm a little concerned (laughs) that it's going to go this way. But of the many, many, many scandals he carries along, including multiple marriages, domestic abuse, child abandonment and general violence, his extreme conservative talking points and anti-choice stance has come up repeatedly. In May 2022, Walker stated he opposes abortion and wants no exceptions to abortion bans. He also said something along the lines with that statement as, as like, Pull the bootstraps up, ladies. It's going to be hard, but you got to just get through the pregnancy. What? As of this recording, and this is still all unfolding in real time, two separate women have come forward to say that he forced them into abortions. He was like, no, no, they're lying. They're absolutely lying. And then all of this evidence surfaced and he was like, oh, I'm just kidding, man. But then God forgave me. So don't worry about it. God forgave me. And I'm sure his supporters don't care. They don't. It's, it, he actually got more fundraising money after the woman came out about the abortion. That was like the biggest spike in his campaign. What money. a bunch of hypocritical pieces of shit. Yeah. Literal pieces of human garbage. So on October 3rd, 2022, the Daily Beast published allegations from a woman who said that Walker impregnated her and paid for her abortion in 2009 when they were dating. The woman supported the allegation by producing images of a personal check from Walker, a get well card with Walker's signature and a five hundred and seventy five dollar receipt for an abortion. Oh, she got the receipts. <laughs> yeah. She's like specifically just like Herschel Walker's mistress had abortion. Here's the card that says it. So the Daily Beast said that it corroborated the story with a friend of the woman who took care of her in the days following the procedure. Walker stated, I never asked anyone to get an abortion. I never paid for an abortion. 
When asked about the check, Walker said, I give people money all the time because I'm always helping people. Walker said he would sue the Daily Beast for defamation. After Walker said on October 5th that he did not know the identity of the woman accusing him, the Daily Beast reported that the woman is, in fact, the mother of one of Walker's other children. She told the Daily Beast that she had another child with Walker years after the abortion, despite Walker stating that it was not a convenient time for him to have a child, a sentiment he also raised prior to the abortion. So so he also wanted her to have a second abortion. Holy shit. Again, with this consent. Yes. They finally understand it when it comes to them. Yeah. Totally. Also, straight up just like said he didn't know who the woman was when he knew that it was his son's mother. So anyway, in October 26, 2022, a press conference organized by attorney Gloria Allred, a second woman who has not identified herself, alleged that she had been pressured by Walker to get an abortion in 1993 after a years long extramarital relationship with him. Walker denies the allegation, saying it was a lie. On November 22nd, Allred held another press conference where the second woman also spoke and audio recordings of Walker were shared. The woman reads out letters she said Walker wrote, including one to her, which stated, I'm sorry, I have to put you through all this stuff. So he's just in that camp of just going, no, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. And then when he finds out, he goes, well, maybe I did, but it's fine. Don't worry about that. It was a long time ago. I hate abortions now. I think the people voting for all this that... They just hate women. I think they just hate women. And that's like the fundamental thing. They want to see us suffer. It's not even like they want to live in a world with all men. They want to live in a world with women, but to see us crying in pain. They want to hurt us. And it's a lot of people. Yep. Well, that's that's season two. (laughs) I'm sure that, by the way, I just want to say, I'm sure that there are progressive political figures and and pro-choice people who have done this too and that's just as fucked up completely yeah it's just the complete hypocrisy and dissociation for me dog with these kinds of dudes and this is just a sampling of the people who've like it's been found out that they've done this and like who are like anti-choice i'm gonna go ahead and guess that almost every person that is forced birth i'll call it has probably paid for an abortion or gotten one themselves yeah i mean a lot a whole lot of them i bet 90 percent i'm just throwing that out there yeah because again they don't understand consent unless it's with them right so yeah that's pretty much where i'm going to end it here during the research for this episode i found a wiki page called list of federal political sex scandals in the united states and i'm really looking forward to just kicking back and digging right into that one so yeah herschel walker's where we're ending it uh, the series we're going to highlight Global Centurion at globalcenturion.org, who I believe we've highlighted before because it's a trafficking organization, an anti-trafficking organization, I have to say. The subject is forced and coerced abortions and sterilizations is so complex and many tentacled, but human trafficking is one of the things at the core of so many human rights violations. So I wanted to highlight them and give them a donation. And then the other one we'll be donating to is the Center for Reproductive Rights reproductiverights.org. It is the Center for Reproductive Rights uses the power of law to add advanced reproductive rights as fundamental human rights around the world. And that's that's going to be it for a couple months. Amber, you have any final notes? About- Holy shit, that was the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would say, God, who is that lady on Fox News? It was like, I, I went to college and they indoctrinated me, so I had to go get this therapist paid oh, $300 worked, a month. She works for a 
far right. I forget who she works for. She's the she's like a representative for a far right yeah. organization. So it's lies. God it's knows if lies. that ever happened in any way that she went to a liberal college in the first place. God no. knows. Do your she own was research. just on Tucker Carlson, if anybody of wants course, to that have beast. their eyes bleed for a minute. <laughs> My mom loves him. Um, I would say keep your eyes open, love yourself, and really fact check everything. Even us, you know? Yeah, please. Please don't take what we say for truth. Please go anything we say. First off, we can make mistakes. Everybody does. Yeah. And also, you should never trust one single person. Go fucking read shit, please. Just like that's all we're really doing, too, when we're doing the show. Yeah. We're just trying to find the, the most truthful things that we can find. So, yeah, please. That's that's great advice. Please don't take our words for it. Yeah, don't believe us. Don't listen to any episodes of us. I'm don't, just kidding. Don't listen to anything we say. We're all crazy bitches. <laughs> we love you guys so much for joining us on these horrifying, harrowing tales. And I hope you had some fun along the way, too. We try to make it as light as we can in the dark of all this shit. And um, we're really excited to come back for season three. We're just taking a little... We have to take our little breaks so we get to smile and take breaths and do a little meditating yeah. and which i recommend you do also you know it's good to like get out get some sunshine get some physical activity in i know what we say can be a lot yeah. but um you know put ride, a smile on that face ride a ride a roller coaster get on a lazy river have a cocktail if you drink have a consensual orgasm yeah There's so many nice things out there in the world go see some flowers there are actually great things in the world not everything's bad i swear no. I swear to you, it's not. There's lots of lots of good things. Maybe we should do an episode next season at one point. It's just like all good things. Yeah. <laughs> all good progressive things. That's Flowers. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, yeah. We'll see you next year. Happy holidays. And um, let's hope that the Times Square ball drop isn't actually a bomb this year. Oh, really? I don't know. I'm just saying. Let's just hope it's not. <laughs> Natalie. Holy shit. <laughs> That wasn't sort of some sort of admission, I swear. <laughs> We're saucy, purred, greasy. Bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated.